You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from Heritage Baptist Church in Corpus Christi, Texas, led by Pastor Johnny Che. Our church is dedicated to serving Jesus Christ and reaching the world by going forward with the gospel. We pray that you will be helped and blessed by this message from God's Word. Well, it's good to be in the Lord's house. It's good to be at the Heritage Baptist Church. Amen. What a blessing. What a blessing. You like blessings? Amen. Amen. I do too. Pastor Che, thank you very much for inviting me. It's an honor to come and be a part of this church. Uh, I remember when they called me on the phone, they said, do you have any recommendations for the Heritage Baptist Church? And I said, I just happened to think of somebody. Young man out of our church, Brother Jason Atwood, and uh, then he became the pastor of the church. The, our church helped him uh, to make that happen. And at one point, I said, "Jason, you need to get off the of deputation. We'll we'll give you more uh, monthly support if you'll get off deputation and and pastor those dear nine people." <laughs> Amen. Amen. And and uh, then from there, uh, Brother Che became the pastor of, the, of this church, and the church has grown and it's looking good. And folks, you sound so well tonight. You know, one of my fears that you, you, you'll probably experience, unless you fix it and make it, make it really work, is when you go next door and you've got bigger facilities and higher ceilings, the acoustics uh, will not be as good there as it, will be, as it is here. That's one of the things we experienced when we left our smaller facility with wooden um, ceilings, and we went over to the larger facility, and we lost a lot of that. And uh, there's just something good about just getting close and singing. And, and uh, you know, if you can hear yourself sing, if you're like me, you don't sing as loud if you can hear yourself. But man, when you join voices and, and everybody's singing and carrying on, it just it just makes things so, so much better. But it's really good to be here, and it's uh, good to be a friend of your pastor and his dear wife. And uh, so thankful that um, we have a friendship and we have sister churches and uh, trying to do a job in Beeville. You folks are trying to do a job here in Corpus. If we can just be faithful to the finish, amen. amen. Just keep on running the race that God has given us and just uh, get the help from heaven and, and God God will bless in, in glorious and great ways. How many of y'all would like to hear a story about Luke Duncan? All right, all right, here we go, here we, here we go, here we go. Luke Duncan grew up in our church. He, um, uh, he, he was one of those unpredictable type young people. Uh, we, would, uh, we would take them on mission trips. And, um, you know, there's things that we could have done. We could have gone to camp. We could have gone to conferences. But what I tried to do is, is take them on mission trips. And, and when I say mission trips, just various places in the United States. Uh, we went to Colorado a few times. And uh, in the process, we're trying to see things that uh, maybe educational things, make them smarter and uh, do some fun things along the way and then have something that uh, would glorify and honor God Almighty. And uh, one time we was in, I believe in Illinois, we was at a church and uh, not knowing any of the people in the church, I just happened to know the pastor. And uh, so we had a program that we worked with our young folks on. 
I mean, we, we, I said, get it down here and then convey it from here to here. Uh, I don't want a bunch of robots to end up there uh, having all the right words, but it not being conveyed through the heart. And so we worked with our young folks from time to time and time and time. And then we took out and we were in various churches. Uh, along the way, uh, somehow, some way, don't know how it happened. And you, you cannot imagine that this could happen, but Luke offended half the group. <laughs> I mean, he, he offended them. Now, I, I, I didn't know that. And so we, uh, we started our program, and, and things were going just like we practiced and just like we planned. And, and, uh, and then it, in the program, it got to Luke's time. And so Luke started. And when he started, he stopped. He says, I can't do this. I said, you've been trained to do this. <laughs> Make it happen, Luke. And he's, I, I, I can't do this. He said, I've done offended half the group here. And, and before I can sing and be right with God, I've just got to get, I, I just got to apologize to the group. And he, here we're standing in front of people he's never seen before. And so he apologizes to the group, everything like that, and we get back into the program. But in that apology was, was a heartfelt, a heart-rendering apologies. The tears were flowing. He knew that you can't be wrong with people and be right with God and do a spiritual, spiritual work. That's one of the things that's trying to teach our young folks. And uh, Luke did it. But the story doesn't end there. Before it was over with, he offended me. He got with my daughter, he and another fella got with my daughter. No. I'm preaching. I'm preaching. It's supposed to go that way, not this way. All right? <clears throat> I tell the truth, I'm in the house of the Lord. He got with my daughter. We were out a week or so, and you know, at some point you've got to wash your clothes. So I gave my underclothes to my daughter to have washed. When she brought them back, they were hot pink. I mean, it glowed in the dark. I couldn't believe it. I said, honey, you don't, this is not right. She said, this is just how they turned out. And I turned around. I had brother Jason. He was a teenager and another young man in, in my room. And I looked at them. They looked. I said, not a word, not a word. Ain't nobody going to know that Pastor Tim Stowe's wearing pinkies. Okay? So I tucked him away to find out that it was a conspiracy by the young folks, highly inspired by Luke Duncan. My daughter wouldn't have thought of anything like that on her own. And so, you know, I still have not forgiven Luke for it, but I promise you this, uh, that won't happen again. The last time I went on a trip with young folks, uh, I decided we were in a room together. There was uh, about uh, 10 of us guys in one room. And so I, I made the rules. You know, we get to do that occasionally. I made the rules. The girls were in another room, and, and I had the guys uh, in, in one room. And, and I had this little guy. I mean, uh, he, was, he was every bit 15, 16 years old, but he looked like he was 10 years old. Okay? So I said, okay, the biggest and the littlest gets the same bed. Okay, the biggest and the littlest. I was the biggest, he was the littlest. And so uh, we um, 
through the night, three times in the night, I had to pick that little fellow up and put him on his side of the bed. <laughs> he had his feet and arms around me. And I, three times in the night I picked up, and so we were at a church uh, uh, the next day, and I was, I was telling them about, about my situation. Uh, the last time I will ever sleep with anybody other than my wife. <laughs> and, and, um, and when he got the story, he said, folks, the pastor said the biggest and the littlest has the bed. And when the biggest laid down, <laughs> he said, all I did was roll downhill. <laughs> Young people. Can't do with them, can't do without them. Young people. Love them. And I love seeing this group over here. And what a great thing to see Caitlin over here. A part of our uh, uh, bus ministry. And here she is in the house of the Lord. I hope you make this church your church. If, if God so leads, this is a good church. Good, good pastor and his wife. Good Good church. I hope this is where God leads you. If you have your Bibles, take your Bibles and turn with me to Numbers chapter 6. Numbers chapter 6. Numbers chapter 6. If you're there, say amen. amen. If you wish you were there, say amen. amen. All right. Everybody says amen one way or the other. Amen. All right, here we are. Uh, uh, Numbers chapter 6, look with me at verse 22. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto Aaron and unto his son, saying, On this wise ye shall bless the children of Israel, saying unto them, The Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. And they shall put my name upon the children of Israel and I will bless them. All right, look with me, if you would, in Psalm 68. Psalm 68, and we're going to look down at verse 19. Psalm 68, verse 19. Then we'll go to Psalm 103, and then Psalm 116. But uh, Psalm 68, look with me at verse 19. The psalmist says in Psalm 68, verse 19, Blessed be the Lord who daily loadeth us with benefits, even the God of our salvation, Selah. Let me read that again. Blessed be the Lord who daily loadeth us with benefits. All right, now look with me, if you would, at, at Psalm 103. Psalm 103. And verse 2. Psalm 103 and verse 2. And the Bible says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Forget not all his benefits. Look with me at Psalm 116, if you would. Psalm 116. And we'll look down at verse 12. Psalm 116, verse 12. Again, the psalmist says, What shall I render unto the Lord for all his benefits toward me? For all his benefits toward me. Now, one more place, Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 3. I think that's in the New Testament. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 3. Ephesians chapter 1 and in verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings 
in heavenly places in Christ. Amen. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, I pray that you'll bless, guide, and direct. Lord, I ask you to give us eyes to behold wondrous things from your word. Lord, I ask you to give us a heart that will receive the things of God and, and know the difference between carnality, thinking, and, and the Spirit of God leading and guiding us into all truth. Now, Father, I pray that you'll help us to walk the walk, talk the talk, and see the opportunities that you've placed before us. Father, I pray that you'll help us to understand uh, the blessings that fall from heaven and you so graciously give. May thy will be done in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated if you would. I like coming to church. I enjoyed the services tonight. I love the lively singing. I love it. I love the, the excitement of, of meeting new people. You know, I, <clears throat> uh, e even though I'm a pastor, you, you don't understand this. It's hard for people to understand this, but some of us are very backwards, very, very timid. It, we have to push ourselves to do things because it doesn't come naturally. When I was in Bible college, I, I took a test and I found out that I was 80% introverted. 80%. Folks, not perverted, introverted. <laughs> there is a difference. Okay? And so 80%, that means 20% of me could, could do things. 80% of me said, no way, Jose. Ain't going to happen. Uh, but with God's help, we have been fighting that constantly. It's a joy to be around people that will come up and introduce themselves to you. I've said to our people, why would you ever expect someone to come and shake your hand when you ought to go and shake their hand? You ought to be the friendly one. If you want people to be friendly with you, you need to be friendly with them. Uh, what does the Bible says? Whoso hath friends must show himself friendly. And so when a person doesn't have friends, it, it, it characterizes the type of person they are. They're not friendly people if, they're, if they don't have friends. Sometimes we're upset about our kids. Oh, they just don't have any friends in church. Why don't we teach them to be a little more friendly? Uh, a friend doesn't lack friends. If you're a friend, uh, people gravitate to friends. And so we, we initiate that friendship and uh, then that we get the response and there's a friendship and a bond that uh, grows as, as a result. Um, I like being in this church. I like the music. I like the, the people who have come up to me and introduced themselves and shaken my hand. And, and uh, you can tell that uh, you, many of you knew that I was coming. Some of you don't know me, but you knew the name. And you asked me if I was that preacher. And I said, I'm that preacher. And, uh, and just carrying on a conversation, and I, I really appreciate that. That's, that's uh, characteristics of a, of a great church. This is a great church. I can see that. You come to church, and your, your spiritual cup is filled and overflowing. Uh, by the time you get out tonight, you'll, you'll have had so many blessings of the day, the morning, the Sunday school, the song service, the people, uh, the preaching, and, uh, and, and God moving, and then you come back, and the same, and it's just more blessing, more blessing, more blessing. Then you've got Monday and Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday to face. All right, you're not going to see what you saw and experienced today, tomorrow. You, it won't happen. And it won't happen on Tuesday. And if you come back Wednesday night, you'll get a little foretaste of what's going to take place on Sunday. And uh, then you'll, you'll face the world again on Thursday and on Friday and Saturday. And uh, so you're living on a mountaintop when you come to a great church. Okay? Uh, but the Bible tells us that He daily loadeth us with benefits. 
That's blessings. Uh, today's Mother's Day, and what a blessing it is for mothers. Uh, to, I wouldn't know what it is to be a mother, but I do know that I have a mother. And uh, my wife is a mother, and I know a lot of mothers, and I see some mothers here today. Uh, but I'm, I, what I want to say that it, it has to be a glorious blessing for you to have got it, to use your body to give life. Uh, to a child, and then that bonding process, and and the hand that uh, rocks the cradle rules the world. And I believe that a, a mother's influence on a child uh, is is so much stronger than that of anybody's. Um, if a child is not thankful, thank mother. If a child is not um, doesn't have any manners, uh, that can go back to mother most 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 of the time. Sadly, if a child does have manners, you can, you can pat mother on the back and wink at dad because he married the right one. Okay. But I'm, I'm saying that uh, mothers, uh, you're an unsung hero and, and you deserve a lot of credit for, for what uh, your children grow up to be and the, the character and the traits that they have. You get a lot of credit for that. It's not an easy job. It's a constant job. It's a consistent job. And uh, just because they get married doesn't mean it's over with. You're still an example. There will be times that the young couple will have marriage problems and difficulties in marriage and whatnot. I have warned my son and daughter-in-law. I said, if y'all have problems, I looked at my son and I said, you're not welcome to come home and fix those problems. I said, now your wife is welcome to come. You better fix those problems. All right. And problems aren't problems unless you make a problem a problem. There is what we call a problem solver, and God is that problem solver. And so what I'm trying to say, parents, is the blessings of having children and them growing up and getting married, even though uh, your, uh, uh, your work is not over with yet. Uh, my children don't know what it is to be 69 years old looking at 70. But I do. That's where I'm at. Uh, my children don't know the age of my wife. Oh, they know the age of her, but they don't know what it is to be that young. Okay? Uh, they don't know. And, uh, but all they have is the example of what they should be like when they get to be that age. You see? That's all they have with me. The older you get, the more pains, aches, and pains uh, you start feeling. What don't work hurts. And uh, I, I'm telling you that uh, things change in your life. Uh, I'm, I'm to the age that uh, I have had lots and lots of friends, people that I knew, uh, grew up with, uh, people that I knew have died in their 50s, middle 50s and upper 50s. They're gone. In the early 60s, uh, more. Uh, two of my family members are dead. We're burying my brother tomorrow. Uh, it just it's a strange thing when your, your siblings start dying off. The oldest and the youngest have, have died off now, and there's, uh, there's uh, four of us in the middle. And so uh, we're waiting for our time. You know, our times are in His hands. Amen? And uh, there's no need for a child of God to be afraid of death. That's, uh, it's an opportunity for us to see and be with the Lord forever. To God be the glory. I'm looking for the rapture. I'm, I'm praying that it happens uh, soon. <laughs> and if not, God will give us the grace to get through it every day uh, with. All right, now what I'm trying to say here is we're talking about the blessings uh, that God has given us. And as a parent, I want God's best for my family. I think that family is all important. I think it is very, very important. God established the home before he established anything else. I think that's important that we put a high priority on our family. 
Sometimes everything else is more important than the family, and you'll suffer the consequences for it. Okay? Um, I've been in the ministry. I've been saved for 52 years. I've been a pastor for 40 years. Uh, there are some things that I have personally experienced, and there are some things that I've learned through years of dealing with other people. And, I'm, and the older I get, the more I realize how important uh, a close family uh, relationship is. It's, 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 it's utmost importance. If you have odds with your parents, why don't you just wait a while, but before long, they'll be dead and gone. And then you won't be able to make up uh, that lost time. Uh, if you're at odds with your parents, your children are watching the way you are with them. And one day they'll treat you the way you treated yours. What goes around uh, comes around, you see. And so what I'm trying to say here is you can put up with some things for the sake of uh, family unity and uh, family togetherness and whatnot. Uh, none of us are exactly alike. We're all different. We all have different ideas and attitudes, but we choose to cooperate. It's like when a church is building a church facility. There are lots and lots of different ideas, but God has established one as the authority of the church. Only called one. Didn't call multiple people, but one person. And this person don't have all the answers, but he has the authority that God has given him. And because he's wise, and I think you've got a very, very wise, uh, very smart pastor, very wise, he's going to seek the counsel of others. He's going to listen. But then decisions need to be made. And as a result, there's always going to be somebody that's just not going to agree. Do you know the hurt and harm that it does to a church when you have uh, people unnecessarily overset over non-issues? Non-issues. And churches are hurt as a result. And the joy of what God has led this church to do and uh, great things are happening and great things are in store, the joy of all that is diminished because there are some that just can't understand they didn't get their way. And when opinions are sought for, give your opinion unless you expect the leader to take your opinion. If you expect him to take your opinion, don't give it. Because then it becomes a demand. It's not an opinion. I've seen it happen time and time and time in churches. Years ago, I was in a church, and it wasn't, I wasn't pastor. I was a youth director in the church. And, the, and during a business meeting, a treasurer stood up and says, I recommend this, this, and this. And the church voted the other way, other way. And he said, okay, with that, here's my resignation. I'm quitting because I didn't get my way. Now, don't that just sound Christ-like? <laughs> don't that sound like a good example for the children to grow up and, 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 and learn? You don't get your way, so you suck your thumb and you, and you go join another church and be, miserable, be a miserable member for them as well. Uh, no, no, we work things out being family. Family's worth it. Family is worth it. And you ought to be a close-knit family. And you ought, to, you ought to love each other. And it doesn't mean you're alike on everything. You're going to have some differences. And, but just if you're the younger, put it in neutral. And be family for the sake of being family. I'm talking about I want God's blessings for my family. I want God's blessings as a pastor for my church. I do. I want God to bless our church. Did you know that in order for us to be have blessings from God for our family and blessings for our church, we've got to be blessable? I don't even know if that's a word, blessable. But we've got to be in a position that God can bless and honor us. 
He can honor us. All right. And so tonight I'm talking about, I, I just want God's blessings. And uh, we can get them at church on Sunday, but we need them Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, and Saturday as well. Uh, the Bible promises daily he loadeth us with benefits. Daily, daily. He loadeth us with benefits. Can I tell you that God blesses obedience? If you want blessings from God and blessings for your family and blessings for your church and blessings for your community, do you know it rains on the just as it rains on the unjust? Did you know that the, the unjust benefits from your prayer and from your holy living um, as you benefit from that in many, many respects? Uh, God blesses obedience. The Bible says in Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 12 and 13, it says, Wherefore it shall come to pass, if ye, he, if ye hearken to these judgments, and keep and do them, that the Lord thy God shall keep unto thee the covenant and the mercy which he sware unto thy father, and he will love thee and bless thee and multiply thee. He will also bless the fruit of thy womb and, and, and the fruit of thy land, thy corn, thy wine, and thine oil, uh, the increase of thy kind and the flocks of thy sheep in the land which he swear unto thy father to give thee. Now folks, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. So some people will say, well, that's Old Testament. There's profitability in the Old Testament. There's things that we can learn, things that we can apply, and what God did for others, He can do for us. And, and, and the bottom line is God promises to bless those who obey His Word. Blessed are they that keep His testimonies and that seek Him with a whole heart. Secondly, God blesses honest giving. When we started our building program, the thing that I was fearful of, Brother Luke, wasn't you a part of that? You was on the leadership there with the church, and we was in my office, and it was uh, July the 4th, 2010, and the, the men of the church approached the pastor with, we, we need another facility. We need to, we need to build a church, uh, facilities. Uh, they were excited about the opportunity and the possibility. I was not. <laughs> I was not excited. And so then one of the young men, uh, Luke's age, that was a part of the group there, he said, Pastor, if you're not for this thing, it's not going to go. Do you remember that being said? And there's a lot of truth to that. And I said, give me a moment to pray it through. And the reason why I was questioning, because um, I was giving all I could for everything else, and now we were going to start another giving program. You're not going to build a building on pocket change and convenient giving. It's going to require sacrificial giving. And I felt like I was sacrificially giving as if, as is already to the other programs. And so this is what I said to them. I said, I'm all for it under some conditions here. One of the conditions is that the, the youth fund, that what we do for young folks uh, doesn't dry up and blow away because we have no funds to help them. And I said, another thing that's very high priority for us is the bus ministry. And you know, the bus ministry doesn't pay, it costs. But it's a blessing uh, other ways. Caitlin, she's a product of the funds that we've given to our bus ministry. All right, so uh, you just, you just, we're just not going to build a building uh, to the sacrificing of our bus ministry. Yes. 
Uh, we weren't going to take for missions uh, so that we can build a building. Right. And I said, uh, under these circumstances, see, I've, I've been around long enough to know that some people, what they do is say, oh, yeah, I'll give to the building fund, but they take from their tithes and offerings. I'll do this, and they take from what they were giving to the young people or the bus ministry. And so what they're doing is they're not giving anymore. They're not sacrificing anymore. They're just giving, redirecting what they're already giving. Uh, there's not blessings in that. The blessings is, is to let God lead you, guide you, and then you become generously uh, giving. The Bible says, uh, bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house. And prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. In other words, money does fall from heaven. When God said, prove me, he was saying, put me to a test. The problem is, is we throw in a little extra money one time and we expect our house payment to be paid as a result of that. No, there needs to be some consistent, constant giving. And there needs to be some determination in our heart that we're going to give, we're going to give, we're going to give. This is what God put on my heart. We're going to give and we're going to just, we're going to do it for as long as God says do it. We're going to be faithful in this area of giving. And then all of a sudden, uh, you start noticing that things are lasting longer than they normally would. We've had people that were needing to get a, another car, but instead they gave that to the building fund. And the old clunker lasted a little longer. We had other people that were sick uh, just often. And all of a sudden, as a result of their sacrificial giving, uh, they were healthier longer. And uh, I mean... Some people found bargains. You know, man, look what I got and look what I paid for it and look what it normally cost. They found bargains. You think that was just perchance? Or do you think that was God opening up the windows of heaven and blessing, blessing? I'm simply saying that God blesses honest giving. God blesses generous givers more generously. The Bible says, give and it shall be given unto you. You see, the command is for us to, to, to believe God and to do what God says by faith. He says, give. He doesn't say get and then give. He says, give, and it shall be given to you. Wow. And see, the, the, most of us, we think, well, we got to have it in order to give it. Oh, no, no, no. If God places it on your heart, give by faith, receive by promise. And that's, that's a blessing uh, that God promises to bless. God gives abundant blessings to abundant givers. So I'm simply saying God blesses honest giving. God blesses also those who prevail through pain and suffering. The Bible tells us in James chapter 1 and verse 12, Blessed is the man that endureth temptation, for when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life. And the Lord hath promised to them that, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. When a blessed is the man that endureth temptation. You know, there's pain and sufferings that some people go through. There's, there's issues that some, I'm looking out here and some of you are, you, you've lost your spouse. Uh, I, uh, we have a lady uh, in our church who've recently lost her 26-year-old son. I remember when uh, Luke's older brother passed away. How old was he? 30 what? That's young folks. Do you know the hurt and heartache that it brought to the mom and dad's heart? 
There's not a better man in the world than Luke's dad. I hope Luke obtains to his level one day. There's not a better couple. Wonderful, wonderful people. Wonderful people. The hurt that they went through. And then Luke's sister lost her husband. And how old was he? 38. That was another family in our church. My heroes are not those that can dribble a basketball or throw a football. My heroes are in my church who have gone through the, the, the pits and, and, and the valleys of life and are still serving the Lord. God blesses those who prevail through pain and suffering. God also blesses those who bless Israel. In Genesis chapter 12 and verse 3 says, And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curseth thee, and in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. Psalm 122 verse 6 says, Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. They shall prosper that love thee. Did you know that uh, uh, when we as a, as a church got interested in doing greater things for Israel, we helped start. In fact, our money was the seed money to start the, uh, the, the, the Baptist church, Ashdod uh, Baptist church in Ashdod, Israel. That's a, a Philistine city, Ashdod. And, uh, and, and I went over to Israel and had some money from our church and, and gave it to the, the Jew, the, the independent, fundamental, Bible-believing, Christ-exalting, big B, devil-kicking, Diet Dr. Pepper drinking Jew. Okay? Handed him the money, the hard-earned money that people from the Beville Baptist Church gave me to give to him. And he used it as seed money to start the Ashdod Baptist Church. It's still in operation today. That was many years ago. And I came back from there and I said, you know, what does that mean to the Jew first? Surely that don't mean the Jew first. I mean, there's the world that we need to speckle. Uh, with missions around the world. There's, there's everybody but the Jew. And you know, my motives were always good, but everybody else got the attention, but not the Jew. And I made a commitment to God that we would, we would have that philosophy to the Jew first. Not only to the Jew, but to the Jew first. And so then the Lord enabled us to connect with other Jewish ministries that believe the Bible like we believe the Bible. And we've been supporting them. Now, when that happened for the first time, uh, my wife and I, we've always wanted a country home. Always, 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 always. I'd like to have a few chickens. And now I've got almost 50 chickens. You know, the Lord made it happen. Uh, when, the, uh, when we bought our house, it was, it was too expensive. I didn't have income. My debt level was too high. My income level was too low. And the house was too high. And the people said, I know that our parents would want you to have that house. We want you to have the house. And I said, I'd like to have the house. My wife got out and she prayed, walked around the facility seven times praying, trusting God. Uh, I was mowing the property and taking care of things. And I kept saying, Lord, 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 please, 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 Lord, please, Lord, please. And they rejected our offer. A year later, my wife said, why don't you offer them again? Uh, that's not me. I don't do things like that. 
That's too embarrassing. I'm an embarrassable type person. <laughs> but certain circumstances happened, and I made a commitment. I said, Lord, I will talk to them. I talked to them, and now they accepted my, the same proposal I'd given them the year before. And I said, now how are we going to pay for this thing? My debt too high, my income too low. There was a man that Brother Luke knows very well come into my office and threw $10,000 on my desk. And he said, you can pay me back today, tomorrow, next year, or sometime in eternity. If this will help you to get what, what you're wanting. Now, how did that happen? I don't ask for money. I've never asked anybody for money. I just, I, I'm embarrassable. I don't do things like that. Never asked my parents for a penny. They didn't have a penny. I never asked my in-laws for a penny. Wouldn't do it. Couldn't do it. And here was $10,000. And with that $10,000, we was able to get that house. And when we got the house, I was able to sell the other house and give that $10,000 back. Within months, not years. Within months. What I'm trying to say is I've connected the dots on being a blessing to Israel. And I believe that that happened because of the blessing that we were to Israel. It doesn't stop there. Because we also, the same year, decided we were going to build a facility. One of the demands that I had also was that we build it uh, debt-free. Isn't that a nice goal to obtain? You know, it's possible, but people have got to reach down deep and give sacrificially. Sacrificially. Which implied that I had to do the same. But you know, when we reached down deep and we gave sacrificially, the Lord blessed. God blessed in tremendous ways. And, uh, and we were not going to do anything until we had the money to take care of what we were going to do. And so, uh, in all, all the meanwhile, we were paying uh, for our bus ministry and other things. Nothing had dipped at all. And, and we were now getting money uh, for a building facility. And we noticed that um, uh, I w walked into a restaurant. Who was it that said, do I know the Smolics? There he is, okay. Walked into their restaurant, and uh, there sat a man next to Brother Smolik. And, um, and Brother Smolik said, this is Mr. So-and-so. And I said, well, Mr. So-and-so, we've been praying for you. Uh, how's your heart doing? And he was impressed. And he connected with me, and his wife connected with my wife. And he says, young man. Boy, that always impresses when anybody calls me a young man. <laughs> he says, young man, we're going to come to your church. I've had that told me thousands of times and never seen him. I just said, well, I'd love to see you. Amen. About six months later, he come walking in the door. When he sat down, he put $9,000 in my hand. He said, let that be for your building program. And uh, the next time he come was two weeks later. And he put another $9,000 in my hand. He says, uh, you're building a building, right? I said, we're building a building. And the next uh, time he come, with two weeks later, he put another $9,000 in my hand. I have a hard time going and visiting rich folks. Because poor folks don't put $9,000. They might put $0.09, cents, but they don't put $9,000 in my hand. Now, I don't know why it was always in my hand. He didn't want the glory. He didn't want anything. Uh, we were just adding it to it. And um, then I finally went out to see him. 
And I said, my brother, I want to thank you for giving what you've given. The more important things is, are you saved? He said, I got saved, and he started telling me about his salvation. He said, but I haven't been in church in 40 years. And he said, uh, your church is the first church I've been to in 40 years. He said, I liked your Hillary uh, Clinton joke so well, I came back. <laughs> you know what the difference between Hillary Clinton and a, bull, a snarling, ugly bulldog? Lipstick. <laughs> Folks, that got that millionaire back to our church. And he kept coming. And I found out that every time the church gave sacrificially, because we would have it often, uh, when they gave sacrificially, um, he would come and he would just hand me money. Uh, another time it was 24000 Well, one Christmas he said, here's $6,000, give it away. Anybody in church that needs it, just help them. You know how much fun that is? That's a lot of fun to be able to give. Jesus said it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. Amen. And so uh, we did that, and twenty-four thousand, and then, and then, and then one day I went over to their house, and um, his wife says, "Pray for us." We're, we've been in a lawsuit for years, and it's up at the Supreme Court uh, of Texas, the Supreme Court, and we've got millions of dollars tied up. Pray for us that that thing's settled one way or the other. I prayed. And when, we, when I got through with that praying, she said, with him agreeing, we will be generous. <laughs> you just gave $24,000 in my hand, and you've been given 9000 and 9000 and 9000 every other week. Uh, what is generosity? <laughs> and so, um, would you believe that before Sunday came, to their surprise, it was settled? Amen. He said to me, young man, I like being called young man. He says, how much do you owe on, on, on completing your goal of this church? I said, $80,000. $80,000. Now you say, well, that won't happen to us. <laughs> it didn't happen to us either until we started doing something for Israel significantly. I can connect the dots on my home, personal uh, life. I can connect the dots on my church, and I want to connect the dots one more place. My daughter and son-in-law was trying to have a child for nine years. Nine years. On my second trip to Israel, I took my daughter with me. And she, her husband led their church into giving significantly an amount so that they could help the church of Ashdod as well. And so while my daughter and I were over in Israel, we met up with Brother Alex, and, and uh, she was able to present to him uh, the money from the church that uh, her husband pastored. And, and he gladly accepted it and used it for the glory of God in reaching Jews for the gospel. Now, what greater blessing can you be to a Jew than to keep their loved ones out of hell? And so when she went back... She found out she was pregnant. Nine years of trying. Nine years of working at it. She found out she was pregnant. She just was feeling a little yucky every morning. She kind of forgot what that feeling was. You women, you, you, you amaze me. 
how you can go through the jaws of death and giving birth to a baby. And then you'll do it again and again and again and again and again. If a man could have a baby, he'd only have just one. That's it. My wife says, after, after she had the baby, she said, well, you know, I forgot. And then when she was having those labor pains delivering the baby, she said, I remember. <laughs> the doctor she went to, they didn't intend it this way, but this was the baby doctor recommended to her, was a Jew from Israel. I believe in all my heart that God was trying to show her the, the dots, connecting the dots. You'll be a blessing to Abraham, and Abraham, uh, God's going to be a blessing to us. And we can be a cursing to Abraham by neglecting the Jew. We can be a blessing to Abraham by including the Jew and praying for the Jew and loving the Jew and giving so that they're, they're, they can uh, f find salvation and, and be saved like the rest of us. I believe that blessings come as a result of how we bless the Jew. I believe that blessings come also from those who trust him. The Bible says, oh, taste and see the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. You know, it blesses me when people say, Pastor, I trust you. Because not everybody says that. Not everybody means it that might say it too. You see, it amazes me how that you can trust the man of God uh, with, uh, with uh, the, the eternal values of, of keeping people out of hell and reaching uh, your family with the gospel of Jesus Christ, but you won't trust him with your money. Yeah. Oh, he can't do that. I, there's been too many bad preachers. Did you know there's been too many bad husbands and wives? And I say that if you can't trust your wife or the person that you're about to marry with everything, you shouldn't marry her. And if you can't trust your pastor with everything, you shouldn't make this your church. You ought to be able to come to the house of God and say, Lord, I believe that you're involved in this thing and have complete confidence in God's leading your man. He knows how to put him in place. He knows how to take him down. God does. And so often a pastor's hand is tied by well-meaning people that think they know when it's not their position to know. It's the man of God's position to know. He's the only God-called person in the church. Trust in the Lord. Trust and faith are Siamese twins. Faith honors the Lord, and God blesses those who honor Him. Without faith... It's impossible to please him. When we say, I trust the Lord, I, I know God's got it all under control. I know he's going to take care of it. And you do what you need to do because you trust the Lord. God says, you're blessable. And the windows of heaven start opening up. God also blesses humility. And James chapter 4, verse 6 says, Wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace to the humble. Yes. He resisteth the proud. You know, sometimes we've just got that proud look that we need to work at being a little more humble. God enabled me. I was so blessed by, by this, but, and, and years later we even see the, the greater blessing of it all. But we were able to win uh, around 30 or so homage to the Lord in the church that I pastored in Missouri. In a small town called Philadelphia, Missouri, population 200, counting cats, dogs, and canaries. 
And here they come. Long beards, long faces, black outfits. Uh, I had given them an invitation, and they came. And boy, oh boy, you talk about that humble look. Grabbing their beards, stroking their beards. That wasn't a humble look. From their perspective, it was a proud look because they, they were so separated. They were the only ones that had the truth and no one else had it. And, and, and this group that came to our church wasn't like that because they had come to the church wanting answers from the scriptures. And they got it. They got saved. They were baptized. Uh, they grew in the faith. And we've got missionaries around the world and pastors around the country as a result of that group of ex-Amish. It's incredible. But what I'm talking about is being humbled. Sincerely being humbled. Not this false humility. Oh, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm humble and proud of it. Humility is, is, and pride is kind of like a snotty doorknob. Just about the time you think you got it, it slips. <laughs> and just about the time you think you, you, you got that humility, you don't. Uh, when you see other people, how do you look at them? Do you, do, you know, there's three ways of looking at them. There's the cat, there's the dog, and there's the pig. <laughs> the dog looks up to you. <laughs> Just proud to be a part of things. A cat looks down at you. I give you permission to pat me. <laughs> and a pig looks eye to eye. I met his kind. <laughs> now, when it comes to your humility... Is it a sincere humility? Are you looking at other people greater than yourself? Are you saying, if it wasn't for the grace of God, there I be? There I be. If it wasn't for the grace and goodness of God, there I be. God is so good. Thank you, Lord. If it wasn't for the goodness of God, there my children would be. If it wasn't for the goodness of God, I could be a part of another church that don't even emphasize the things of God. God blesses humility. The Bible says, humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. That exaltation is coming, but by God. We humble ourselves, and God exalts. I think, as parents, we need to recognize and honor our children's accomplishments, but teach them humility. When a child is talented popular or intellectual, it is very important to teach him humility. God exalts and gives grace to the humble. God blesses the humble. I think we ought to teach our children to compliment others. Do not allow them to major on themselves by accepting compliments and not giving compliments. You did a wonderful job. You are the smartest kid in school. You've, you, 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 this. And then you teach that child to say, but you know, God enabled me. God, God, God. God gave me some great parents that forced it on me. God. Uh, you're growing in the, in the things of God. Lord has given me a great church with some wonderful people, faith, and a great man of God to lead us. You see, deflecting the praise and putting it elsewhere. 
You see, that's a lesson on humility that God can bless and God can honor. I believe that we ought to teach our children not to be a know-it-all type. Don't allow him to have a bigger and better story. You know how it is. You tell somebody about something fantastic that God has done for you or done through you or, or in your family or something like that. And, and they can't hardly wait to tell their bigger and better story. Good conversations are both ways. Luke, you'll remember this. You remember how many times I stood in front of the church and said, a good conversation is like throwing a ball. You throw a ball. Hey, how are you doing? The other person catches it. I'm doing fine. Throws it back. And, and it goes back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. A bad conversation is when one is doing all the talking. I had a, a young person one time, uh, took him home from an activity, and the moment he got into my car, he says, Preacher, all the way home. And then when he got home, he says, Preacher, I sure enjoyed talking to you. <laughs> you had a wonderful conversation. I didn't. I think we need to teach our kids to listen. Why did God give us two ears and one big mouth? Amen. So we can listen twice as much as we speak. We'll learn that way. And if parents don't teach their children things like that, who's going to? I'm talking about teaching your children in things so that they can be humble and be blessable. Lastly, God blesses free salvation. Whosoever will. I like that. That includes me. That includes handsome people. That includes beautiful people. That includes average people and ugly people and fat people and skinny people and tall people and short people. I'm not fat. I'm just under tall. If I was seven foot six, I'd be as thin as some of you. So I, I don't understand why people see the fatness. Oh, no, no, why don't you see the shortness? If I was tall, we'd be in good shape. But you know, salvation's offered for whosoever will. Isn't that a blessing? Isn't it a blessing that you don't have to work for your salvation? He's done it for you. He's died on the cross. He's given it all so that you can have it all. God is good. What I'm trying to say tonight is I want you and I want me to be in a position to be blessed by God Almighty. And God wants to bless you more than you want to be blessed. Parents, you know the excitement it is at Christmas time. You've, you've gotten your child something that you just know they're going to love. And you can't hardly wait for Christmas for their sake. Have you ever thought that our Heavenly Father is someone like that too? He's got blessings that he wants to give to us. He daily loadeth us with benefits. He's got bigger and better blessings. Are we blessable? Thank you for listening to our audio preaching podcast. For more information about our ministries, or if you would like to get in contact with us, please visit our website at heritagebaptistcctx.org. May God bless you as you go forward with the gospel this week.